Get on the pathway to victory today on Abounding Grace. If you choose to play the victim, you won't experience the victory. They, they don't go together. If you desire to let all these things, woe is me, look at everything's against me. And that is a familiar feeling. You could feel that way. But if you choose to play the victim of all that's happened to you and all the difficulties, you'll never experience the victory that's yours by faith. Victory takes care of. There's only really truly biblically, biblically one way out, and that's by faith, trusting in the Lord. This is amazing grace. Are you facing some sort of battle today? Maybe it's at the office, at home, or even on the internet. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll learn that the battle is the Lord's and victory is ours by faith as we face the giants of life. We'll be recalling a Sunday school classic, David and Goliath. We can learn a thing or two from the story of courage, faith, and hope in the Lord. And here to bring it to us is our teacher and pastor, Ed Taylor. Anytime you take a step of faith toward victory in faith, not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to be encouraging you, including maybe the person that you're dealing with. Like you're wanting to resolve something. You're wanting to do something right. It's like big life change. I've been going my life one way and I just know God wants me to go in another way. Don't expect everybody to like it and expect a few people to make fun of you and mock you and look down on you and make fun of you and your faith. It's really, you got to steel yourself to, to keep your eyes on God, trusting him that he's leading you and guiding you. And so it makes sense. He's trying to make fun of him. Notice he says in verse 43, the Philistine, his name is Goliath, says, am I a dog that you're going to come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me. And I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And he's trying to intimidate him, try, trying to scare him. And, and this is here, a, a commentator made a really good statement on this. And let me quote, intimidation. That's our major battle when we face giants in our life. When they intimidate us, we get tongue-tied. Our thoughts get confused. We forget how to pray. We focus on the odds against us. We forget whom we represent. And we stand there with our knees knocking. And I wonder what God must think, he writes, when all the while he's promised us, my power is available. There's no one on earth greater than me. You can trust me. David lived a very simp by a very simple principle. Nothing to prove, nothing to lose. He didn't try to impress anybody in the army of Israel. He didn't try to impress his brothers. He didn't even try to impress God. He ran to meet Goliath. And that's where he's at. You can't stop a man or a woman living by faith. It's impossible. You can't intimidate them. You can't scare them into inaction. Faith 
deals a death blow to that kind of stuff. Notice what David's answer was. Uh, Goliath tried to scare him and intimidate him. Look what David says in verse 45. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'll strike you and take your head from you. And this day I'll give you to the carcass, I'll give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. And verse 47 is where we get our title. Then all the assembly will know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he'll give you into our hands. And so you got this young man just circling all these things in his mind, all the past victories, all of God's faithfulness, the intimidation. Not only does Goliath nine feet, nine inches, but he's got a dude in front of him with a shield. So it's two coming against him. And David's like, I'm having none of this. God has sent me on a mission. And I don't care who's before me. I don't care what comes up. I'm going to remain faithful, loyal, and courageous to God. And you can't intimidate a man or a woman like that. Try as you might. Which reminds me of the New Testament equivalent of this. There is a, a New Testament equivalent of the power of God. Let me show you just one example. Would you turn over to Romans chapter 8? Romans chapter 8 with me. This is kind of like the pinnacle of the Bible. But also, if not the Bible, the pinnacle of the book of Romans. Here in chapter 8. It's such a chapter of victory, all that's available to you and me by faith in Jesus. And then check this out in verse 31. This is where David's standing, and this hasn't even been written yet. This is what David's living on. This is what he's feeding on. This is what's fueling him in verse 31 of chapter 8. He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us. And you just need to hear that today. Now, of course, there's a few of you go, well, God's for us. There's a lot of people against us. That's not what he's saying here. He's not saying if God's for you, you never have any problems, never have any difficulties. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is this. If God is for us, then who can be against us successfully? Because of course, Jesus taught us that if the world hated him, that you will face hatred following him. The closer you are to him, it seems the more difficulties you're going to face. But the declaration is, what are we going to say about all these great things that he just wrote about in chapter 8? If God is for us, then who can be against us? And you can even personalize this. You could say, if God is for me, then who can really be against me? No matter how tall they are, how loud they are, how long it's been, whatever, whatever it is. It's, and so, and it's very important today every day, but especially as we enter into a new year, it's very important that you understand that God is for you, not against you, by faith in Jesus. Because it's so easy. I was sharing recently with someone difficulties uh, that I've been facing um, for many years now, but as I'm sharing them, I'm sharing this one, and I'm sharing this one, I'm sharing this one. It's like layer upon layer upon layer. I'm like, oh my, man, this is serious stuff. I don't think I've thought of them all in one sitting in a long time. Just boom, 
boom, and then boom, boom. And he's like, okay, about number four, you're like, how much can a guy take? Well, then there's four more. Boom, boom, boom. And then I'm reminded of this text where if God is for me, who could be against me? I mean, if I'm walking by faith in Christ, then whatever he's allowed in my life, it's for his glory. It's for my good, but it's for his glory. And I think at this time in a Bible study like this, because it's so powerful, but also so simple, some of you may hear me and think, well, you know, Ed, why are you minimizing what I'm going through? You think it's no big deal. I just get a rock and hit it. Look, I'm not, look, I'm not minimizing what you're going through. And I don't even know the extent of what you're going through. I think in my life, I don't even know the extent of what I'm going through. But I'll tell you this. If God be for us, who can be against us? You can trust him. You can trust him with that wayward child. You can trust him with that, that person that's come against you at work. You can trust him with that finances are falling out. You could trust him with your singleness. You can trust him with your marriage. Even if you have divorce papers at the court, God can still work. You can trust him. He can change hearts. He can turn things around in an instant. It's like, until I got into the sanctuary, then I remember God is so faithful. He's so reliable. Because it's easy to live life with all these layers, like, woe is me, God is against me. I'm going on, another thing, another year, another problem. I don't even want another year. Another problem, more problems. I'm done with problems. I'm done with giants. I'm done with difficulties. Well, so am I. But they're a part of life. I was listening to a Bible study on the way in last night for service. A friend of mine, pastor in Florida, just pulled out the app, picked a random study. And one of the things he said was so good. He was talking about our culture and how easy it is to walk away from the simplicity of faith and just play the victim card. And he began to talk about how even believers, you know, they just take that position of being the victim, being the victim. And he elaborated on it a little bit, but he, he really emphasized that. And it, it, it ministered to my heart because I was thinking of what we're, what we're studying today, and I was thinking of this. And it just gave me a new statement to think. If you choose to play the victim, you won't experience the victory. They, they don't go together. If you desire to let all these things, woe is me, look at everything's against me. And that is a familiar feeling. You could feel that way. But if you choose to play the victim of all that's happened to you and all the difficulties, you'll never experience the victory that's yours by faith. Victory takes care of. There's only really, truly, biblically, biblically one way out, and that's by faith. Trusting in the Lord. I find that David here, of all that he's faced and all the difficulty he walks in, he's just going to go right at it. He doesn't live, oh, look at me and what a difficulty. He's like, look at everybody running away. Someone's got to stand up. And that's the kind of strength God wants to give you. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're going to have issues. That's life. Christian sin, unbelievers sin. We all stumble and fall, you know, and I think we have a different perspective. Sometimes we're just like, oh, you know, I'm such a failure. No, 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 no. There's no shame in wanting to do what's right and still falling on your face. No, you take your failures to the Lord and you let him teach you through difficulty, through trial. 
You know, when we stumble and fall, we, we need to remember God is not just waiting for a moment for you to fail so he can pounce you and crush you and destroy you. You know, kind of, we kind of, you know, live like God is kind of a Santa Claus figure. You know, he's making a list and he's checking it twice. He's going to find out in the room, you guys are all naughty and not nice. You know, whatever, like so dumb. It's so dumb. I don't even know why. Stop it. Like the reality is, is God loves you. Sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. Whether you're naughty or nice, whatever. Live your life for him. Turn your life back toward him. Face the giant head on. Don't play the victim. Walk in the victory that's yours by faith. God is not against you. God always, the Bible says, again, the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, God always leads us in victory in Christ. Always. He's here to strengthen us and help us. So what happens with David? Notice, he says, verse 48, so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He didn't run away. He ran toward. Notice, David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone. He slung it, struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed against the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Mark those words. When you fight God's battles, God's way, you will prevail. That's what happened with David. So David prevailed. You want prevailing faith? Then trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. The victory is yours by faith. So he prevails, struck the Philistine, killed him. There was no sword in his hand. So David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out and killed him. Cut off his head with it. Now, again, we read the Bible like, his, like this is this guy. I'll take the lion and the bear, but I want the guy's head. And that's what he does. And the Philistines saw their champion was dead and they fled. Now, again, we, the timing of all of this, we don't know exactly how much time passes. But for the sake of our moment here, it's only been half hour. It's only been 24, you know, 24, 25 verses. Remember back in verse 24? Goliath intimidated the nation. They were dreadfully afraid and they ran away. And now within 25 verses, within a few moments, within a half a day maybe, who knows? Just this, this little young man of faith, now what's happening with the Philistines? They're running away. And let me just remind you, things can change very quickly. Not just for the bad, but also for the good. Things can change very, very rapidly. And the mechanism that often change comes is through a woman or a man of faith. You want to surround you with people, you want to surround yourself with people that believe God. And let me just say, you want a few people in your life that believe God more than you do. So they encourage you and they strengthen you. And they just always have something to say, oh, woe is me. And then your friend comes, woe is you. And they go, psh, psh, psh. oh, sorry, sorry about that. It reminded me of an episode with Marie and I years ago, close to uh, after our son passed away, she invited a, a woman out to do a, a women's tea around Christmas time. And 
This woman, Margaret Ashmore, came out, wonderful woman of God. I was there because we as men were serving the ladies that night. So I was there at the table, and she wanted to get to know us, and we, didn't, we never met her before. And, and we're giving her a little bit of our testimony, what's been happening in our life, and kind of the sorrow and stuff we were going through. And, uh, and we kept using a phrase that Marie and I had used so many times that I guess we didn't realize we were using it. And so God sent someone all the way from Texas, flew her all the way out here to sit at the table. We were right in this area right here. I remember it like it was yesterday. And she's looking at us. She let us talk, let us talk, let us talk. And then when we stopped talking, she said, you know, I think you're, uh, you, you guys don't realize you're using a phrase. And I go, well, what is it? She's, we were saying this. We were saying with the situation, we'd give the difficulty and then we'd say, well, we just have to believe God's going to do something. Then we give the difficulty. We just have to believe. We just have to believe. She says, you keep saying you just have to, and those are not words of faith. You just have to. Why aren't you trusting him? Well, we know we have to, but why aren't you trusting him? And we're like, can you go back to Texas? We, no, we did not. We did not. <laughs> no, because you need someone in your life that's going to look you in the eye and go, do you hear yourself? What do you mean you just have to? Don't start. Don't just have to. Trust him. Cast that to him. And it was revolutionary. It was a turning point in our life. We're not, we don't just have to do anything. We can trust him in this situation. We can. And we will. And I'm sure you have some of you. need people in your life that are going to tell you the truth. They're going to look you in the eye and share the truth with you. And the victory comes. David prevails with the stone and a sling. And he cuts his head off. Verse 52, when the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley into the gates of Ekron, the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Shaharaim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. The children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they plundered the tents. Things turned around very, very quickly. A couple more things before we leave and before we have a few songs that Pastor Ian's chosen. He said, man, it's so beautiful how we're going to end today. But many times we have to realize that God doesn't use ordinary means to solve our problems. He uses supernatural means to solve our problems. Well, the ingredients might be normal, a rock, a stick, a person. But victory comes in supernatural ways. Oftentimes, supernatural ways that lived out in the natural, which is why we take so much credit for the work of God in our lives, as if we did it. Well, you know, I read the Bible, so I'm a so much better person. You're a better person because God is making you a better person. And yeah, it's good to read the Bible because God's going to strengthen you and it's going to be beautiful, but it's the work of God in your life. It's not what you have to offer. You just give yourself and you won't measure all the little things you do because you've given yourself. You see, we have to remember that God is at work because here's the default. So often when I face a problem, when maybe you as well, when I face a, a, a huge situation, I'm always looking at natural ways to solve it. Ways like God's done it before. Like, like if it's a financial issue, I'll get my calculator out. And I'll look at this, this, and this. And what about this over here? And this, this, this. And then maybe I'll come up with a, with a solution and a plan. And be like, oh, I feel so much better. Except that there are times when I also get the calculator out and the numbers don't add up. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's wrong with my calculator? I got an iPhone, not an Android. What's wrong with this thing, man? 
It's supposed to, what, it's acting like an android right now. It's like, it's not measuring up. <laughs> and we start to trust our own wisdom. Like we got it all figured out. And you know what happens? What happens? God doesn't use conventional ways. He uses supernatural ways. He doesn't save by sword or spear. I'm looking for human ways and I get discouraged. And I'll even despair because I can't figure it out. And so much of it's outside of my control anyway. That I don't have any control over that. I just have to trust in the Lord. Again, I was thinking of episodes in my own life to share with you to illustrate these things. Because I'm telling you, I have used things in my life that have caused great problems. You know, because the devil is always trying to get us in the flesh. You know that. So we just take this all on flesh to flesh. Just take things into your own hands, you know, with your words. So you yell at someone or you say something. Or maybe your letter, you're going to write that letter. That'll take care of it. Or send that email. That always works. Or how about on I-25? I'll get back at you. Ah! Oh, yeah, that helped the whole situation, didn't it? Honking at everybody, scaring the lady next to you, mangering the guy in front of you. That really worked. And I remember a time where difficult, difficult situation, still with us to this day, but in the early stages, I got a really nasty, mean email. I mean, pages long. And I took that email and I wrote back a response for every single point. And I edited it. And I put scriptures in it. And it was just exactly what I wanted. I, I was in my office at home. I sent it to Marie. She was in the kitchen. And I said, honey, look at this and edit it. And I'll send it as soon as you're done. And I hear from the kitchen, don't send it. <laughs> and so you know what I did? Click. I sent it. And let me just tell you, it made things worse, not better. Even to this day, it would have been better if I would have remembered that God doesn't save by sword or spear or keyboard and beautifully written emails. Because not everybody thinks what you have to say or what you're writing the same way you think about it. And wouldn't it be better if you just stayed quiet and trusted in the Lord? You see, God uses supernatural ways to deliver. There may be an occasion where you send a note or you have to have hard words. That's not the point. The point is, is that you can't take things into your own hands. The devil wants to get you out of the territory of faith so that you take things into your own hands. And he's just going to wipe you out, man. You're toast. It's over. It's better to stay in the spirit, right? The Bible says as much. Second Corinthians chapter 10, the weapons of our warfare are not human or in the old King James, or new King James, not carnal, but they're mighty in God, casting down arguments. The weapons of God cast down other people's arguments and accusations. You can trust him. Yeah, but Ed, you don't know what they're saying at work. I don't, but just trust the Lord. Just trust him. And you stay focused on what God's doing. So I love this. I don't care how impossible, how big the giant is. Just like David, he prevails. 
Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. His message today goes by the title of The Battle Belongs to the Lord, and it's the first of four messages in our series, Faith Forward. You can hear these radio programs on our website anytime at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to go and grow in the Word is by downloading our app. Search for Ed Taylor. This is a great way for you to take in the Word of God wherever you might happen to be. Abounding Grace is also available by podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and Apple. You know, it's not a bad idea from time to time to sit down with a mature, older believer in Christ and hear what they have to say about the Christian pilgrimage. Well, you might say that's the sort of wisdom you'll glean from Warren Wiersbe's book on being a servant of God. He shares in it what he wishes he had known about ministering to others when he began his walk with the Lord. Ministry, he says, takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. Request a copy today when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Call us at 877-30-GRACE. And as the cost of being on the radio are growing, we're looking to the Lord to provide for us. If He's leading you to take an active role in the ministry, either through a one-time gift or ongoing support, please visit us online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Next time on Abounding Grace, we'll head over to Ephesians chapter 3 and continue our Faith Forward series with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.